0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Langstaff Assembly Podcast. My name is Yaneli Joyce, and I'm your host for this episode. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message encourages you and that it draws you near to God. In the early 16th century, there was a German monk, and he was awakened to the clear truth of the gospel that a person is made right with God by faith alone, in Christ alone, based on the work of Christ. And that monk, of course, was Martin Luther. And on October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther nailed what are now known as the 95 Theses to the door of a church in Wittenberg, Germany, and he was challenging the teachings of the church of his day. And that action that he took, it laid, it led to a cascade of events that ultimately culminated with his excommunication from the church. It then led to him being brought before what was called the Diet of Worms, which was a, a council of the Holy Roman Empire, where he was charged and put to trial for his beliefs, which were from the word. He really faced great danger. He faced danger of execution for heresy. And through the many difficulties that this man, Martin Luther, faced in his life, in times of difficulty, he was known to say this, Come and let us sing the 46th psalm. Come, let us sing the 46th psalm. This psalm, which we will read, was a bedrock for Martin Luther. It was a foundation for him when everything else in his life was being shaken and and upturned. This was a psalm to which he would turn. It was based on this psalm that he wrote, that famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God a bulwark never failing, our helper he, amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. That was the 16th century. In the early 20th century, during the First World War, there was a small island community in Scotland. And as the men were drafted to war, the people of the island would gather at the shore to see them off. And as they sent them off, they sang the 46th song from the Scottish Psalter. And it goes like this. This is just a short excerpt of it. God is our refuge and our strength. In straits a present aid, therefore, although the earth removed, we will not be afraid. Be still and know that I am God. Among the heathen, I will be exalted. I on earth will be exalted high. Our God, who is the Lord of hosts, is still upon our side. The God of Jacob, our refuge, forever will abide. And for centuries, this psalm has been a comfort to many saints who have gone through difficult times. Perhaps there have been times in your life when you've turned to this psalm for comfort. There have been in mine. Most recently, I think back to the start of the COVID pandemic, as some may know, I, I work as a family doctor and at that time there was so, so much uncertainty and unknown and, and, and what was coming and uh, there were days when I would drive to work and just feeling that anxiety of uncertainty of what, what was to come and what to expect and this song was an encouragement and a comfort to me in those days. In each of our lives There will come times of difficulty and of hardship. Perhaps this is one of those times for you. And I pray that this psalm will be a comfort and a help, encouragement to you today. In some ways, really, this is a time of difficulty for us all, isn't it? Think back the past two years of life with restrictions and fears and uncertainties. So, as Luther would say, come. Let us sing. Let us read the 46th Psalm. So let's read the Psalm together. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. Selah. This psalm divides neatly into three sections. And each of those sections is, is separated by that little word, Selah. You'll notice it at the end of verse 3, the end of verse 7, and the end of verse 11. And that word is, is a musical term. It, it reflects a pause or an interlude to stop and reflect and to meditate on what has just been sung. This first section, the first stanza of the psalm, verses 1 to 3, we see there the promise of God's protection. The promise of his protection. The second section, verses 4 to 7, is the promise of God's presence. The promise of God's presence with us. And then the last part of the psalm Describes what our response should be in view of those two promises. In view of the promise of his protection and in view of the promise of his presence to be with us. How should we respond? We are given two commands. Behold the works of the Lord and be still. Behold and be still. The psalm begins with a reminder of who God is, with a focus on who God is. The psalm begins with these words, God is our refuge and our strength. We need this perspective. This is basic, but how needed it is. If you're like me, the natural tendency is to look at your problems. To look at your problems and feel defeated, or to look at yourself and feel discouraged. That's what we do. But this psalm begins not with a look at ourselves, but with a look up. God is our refuge and our strength. He's our refuge. What's a refuge? A refuge is a place of shelter from danger, from storm, a place of safety to which we can escape. Do you have a refuge? Do you have refuge in the storms of life? This world offers many refuges. It may be the refuges of alcohol or drugs to escape reality or food or other pleasures. For some, it may be career or uh, achievements, recognition, validation from social media, Facebook likes, whatever it may be. Do we turn to any of these refuges? They won't provide shelter only God is our refuge. God is our refuge. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. But not only is he our refuge, he's our strength, our strength. And this word strength, we first find this word in the song of Moses in Exodus 15. You'll remember there The people of Israel have passed through the Red Sea and they've been delivered completely a work of the Lord from the Egyptians who were pursuing them. And then as they stand there on the banks, looking at the victory that the Lord has won for them, Moses sings the song. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He is our defense. He is our refuge. He's our offense. He's our strength. Then the psalm moves in verse 2 into a scene of great upheaval in the natural world. We see there the earth is giving way and the mountains are being moved. And there's turbulent waters that are roaring and foaming. And the mountains are trembling. What do we have here? These are symbols of what is stable. What should be stable. What we count on as stable. In our world, we have an expression. Something is as sure or as firm as the ground beneath our feet. The earth is firm. It's not supposed to move. Even though the earth moves. And even though the mountains be moved into the sea. This psalm tells us that God, God is our refuge and our strength. He doesn't move. I was listening to Keith is a hymn writer, um, not too long ago, and he was uh, describing the process of writing a hymn that he had written in 2019 with some others. So he had written this hymn just before the pandemic, and the, the hymn is called My Dwelling Place, and it's based on Psalm 91. And the hymn begins like this, My dwelling place is God most high, my refuge and my fortress, when plague and pestilence Drawn eye nigh and hidden in his presence. And as he, he was describing the writing of this hymn, which he had written before the pandemic, he was describing it now during the pandemic. And he said, you know, as we were writing this hymn together, we were talking about plague and pestilence, and we were thinking maybe we, they're in the psalm, but we maybe should omit those words because in the Western world, 2019, we don't really deal with disease or plague or pestilence. It's kind of a thing of the past. <laughs> but he left those words in the, song, in the song because they were in the song. That was 2019. And then 2020 came. So in the West, we really have lived with a false sense of security, haven't we? And trust in, in science and in the comforts in the West, our powers, our abilities. And what if it? key lessons I think we've learned in the past two years is how frail we are. How frail we are. And that we are not in control. We are not in control. Even in the West. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. Does this mean that we are immune from sickness or that we will never be affected by tragedy or hardship? No, of course not. You know that's not the case. But in our difficulties, in our hardships, He is our refuge. He is our strength. And He provides the grace to help us in our time of need. And we know that nothing can happen to us that's outside of His will. And he is good. He is good. We have the promise of his protection. But now we move into the next section, and we see here in verse 4 to 7 the promise of his presence. The promise of his presence with us. There's a contrast here, isn't there, as you come to verse 4. We've been reading in verse 2 and 3 of nature being upturned, uh, the earth. There's an earthquake and the mountains are moving and the waters are roaring and foaming. And now verse 4. There's a river. Completely different scene here. This is a serene, peaceful, flowing river. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. What is the river? I would suggest to you that the river is God himself. The river is God himself and the peace and the blessings that he wants to give us. Isaiah writes in Isaiah 33 and 21, The Lord in majesty will be for us a place of broad rivers and streams. Come to the New Testament. And the Lord Jesus cries out in John chapter 7, Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures say, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then John explains this to us. He says, now this he said about the spirit of God himself. This he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. If we have fled for refuge to Jesus, if we have come to him for the forgiveness of our sins and found our refuge in him, God's spirit lives within us. As a never-ending stream, a never-ending river of strength, of peace, no matter what may come, there is a river whose streams may glad the city of God, a never-failing source of divine grace and Peace. You know, when an ancient city was attacked, one of its greatest fears was that its water supply would be cut off. A city could defend itself if it had strong high walls. But you know, if you were under siege and you had great strong walls, but no water, that was it. There are some commentators who believe this Psalm 46 was written in the days of Hezekiah around 701 BC. And I was reading in National Geographic, interestingly, of how Hezekiah prepared for this siege in 701 BC. As the world superpower of his day, Sennacherib of Assyria came against him. Far outnumbered, Hezekiah was far outnumbered by this mighty army that was coming against Jerusalem. They had strong walls, the city was high, so it was defensible, but there's no river going through Jerusalem. The water supply to Jerusalem came from the Gihon Spring, which came out of a cave outside the city. And so they needed to prepare. There was a siege coming. They needed a water supply. And it's a a marvel Archaeologists tell us a marvel of ancient engineering that what Hezekiah did was he tunneled through the rock under the city. To form an aqueduct to this spring and then he stopped up second Chronicles tells us this just a short clip in second Chronicles of how he stopped up the entrance to the cave. And they had a water supply that would go from this Gaihan spring under the rock into the city. For when the siege came, perhaps there's an allusion to that here. But in this psalm, it's not the Gihon Spring. It is God himself. He is the river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. The writer to the Hebrews says this, I will never leave you. God has said this. I will never leave you or forsake you so we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. He is with us, a never-ending supply. He is with us. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, the scene changes again as we come to verse 6. Again, it's, it's a scene of turmoil. The nations are raging. The kingdoms totter. This is now not natural. Evil, as we saw in the first section, first verses one to three, it's the natural world. But now this is the world of men and women. The nations are raging. The kingdoms are talking. Are the nations raging today? The nations are raging today. Whether it's political unrest, we think of what's happening in Europe. NATO is just on edge and the world is watching as... Those troops amassed by the Ukraine-Russian border. There's political unrest. There's social unrest. We won't get into the different causes of social unrest today, but how great are the divides within society to the nation, to the South, and in our own nation. There's changing cultural norms. The nation's rage. The kingdoms totter. You know, this word totter, it's an interesting word. The same word is found in verse 2 of the earth. The earth gives way. That's the same Hebrew word. The earth gives way. It totters. It's moving. The nations are tottering. They're moving. They're not stable. The same word is found in verse verse 5 of the city of God. The people of God shall not... Be moved. The same word. They won't totter. They won't be moved. They won't give way. Why? Because God is with them. Because God is our refuge and strength. He is with us. This second stanza of the psalm, it ends with a chorus in verse 7 that is repeated again in verse 11. And perhaps as this psalm was sung, the congregation would sing these words in verse 7. And again, they would sing the words of verse 11 in response to the person who was singing the psalm. The chorus is this. It's a summary of the psalm. The Lord of hosts is with us. There's the promise of his presence. The God of Jacob is our fortress, and there's the promise of his protection. Selah, stop. Think about it. Contemplate it. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the God of angel armies, strong, powerful, mighty, the God who fights for us. He is the God of Jacob, the personal God, the God of the one who was a supplanter, who learned his weakness, and who learned to rely on the Lord for his strength. He is the God of angel armies, and he is the God of Jacob, and he is with us. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. So, how should we respond in view of these promises? If you have these wonderful promises that we have, that God has promised to protect his own, God has promised to be with his own, and to never leave or forsake us. What should be our response? Well, we come to the last stanza of the psalm, verses 8 to the end, and we are given two commands. First of all, in verse 8, we are to behold. Come, come, Behold the works of the Lord. The residents of Jerusalem are invited to come out and see the victory that the Lord has won for them. I've mentioned how this psalm may have been written during the days of King Hezekiah, when Sennacherib came against them. And we read in 2 Kings of how the Lord worked a victory for those people, the people of Judah. They were far outnumbered. There was no way. They could take on the king of Assyria. They were inside that city and we read in 2nd Kings 19 that the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. When the people arose in the morning there were their enemies defeated. They saw the remains of battle. They saw as this psalm says the broken bow, the shattered spear, the chariots burned with fire. They beheld the works of the Lord. Is there an obstacle in your life? Are there difficulties in your life that seem completely insurmountable and you just don't see a way out? God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Come behold the works of the Lord. Great are the works of the Lord. Studied by all who delight in him. How do we behold the works of the Lord? I have a few practical suggestions. For how we can behold the works of the Lord. First of all. Reflect on his faithfulness to you in the past. How has he worked in your life in the past? We lose sight of it sometimes, don't we? The way he's worked in the past. Reflect on it. The old hymn, Count Your Blessings. Name them one by one. It will surprise you what the Lord has done. You know, there's many examples of this reflection in the Psalms. Time and time again, it seems David especially, he will reflect on how the Lord has worked in his life. One such example is Psalm 34. And if you read the heading of the psalm, it says that he wrote this psalm when he changed his behavior before Abimelech. It was a time of fear for David, a time when he was fleeing from Saul and he fled to the king of Philistines, but then he was in danger there and he had to flee. But he wrote this psalm, Psalm 34, and I'll just tell you a short excerpt from that psalm. He says, I sought the Lord. And he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him from all of his troubles. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. He was reflecting on the faithfulness of the Lord in his life, and he was writing it down. That's actually a good thing to do, too. Write it down. What the Lord has done for you. That helps us to behold the works of the Lord. But secondly, consider what he has done in the lives of others. It's good to talk about what the Lord has done and tell others. They benefit from it too. What the Lord has done in the lives of others. You can read biographies. That can be a a big encouragement to read how the Lord has worked in the lives of other believers in their times of difficulty. We can behold the word of the works of the Lord by reading his word. Read his word. See how he has worked in his word and behold the works of the Lord. Of course, we should behold the greatest work of the Lord. We may have been doing that this morning. Spend time at the cross. Meditate on the cross. What an encouragement that is. In times of difficulty, you doubt the goodness of God, go to the cross. Go to the cross. Meditate on the cross. You know, this psalm says in verse 1 that God is a very present help in trouble. He is a very present help to us in trouble. You know where else we find that Hebrew word for Trouble. We find that same word in Psalm 22. The psalm of the cross. And there in that psalm, David writes words that were true of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus as he suffered. And we read those words in Psalm 22. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. There is none to help. On the cross, trouble was near to him and God forsook him. God laid our sins upon his son that we might be forgiven of our sins and that we might have this promise that God is a, a refuge to us and a strength and a very present help in trouble. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. But trouble was near to him. This psalm speaks of a serene river, a river of peace that is ours. Of course, we know that waters of rest are ours because he passed through waters of wrath, troubled waters of the cross for us. I don't know each one here in the audience today. Maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe he isn't your refuge and your strength. The Lord Jesus suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. He passed beneath those waters of wrath that we might be forgiven in order to provide us a refuge for our sins, to provide us peace with God. And if you haven't trusted him, you could put your faith in him. He'll save you. He'll be for you a refuge. He'll be our strength and a very present help in trouble. And he will never leave you or forsake you. Come behold the works of the Lord. But in closing, there's another command in verse 10. We are first of all to behold the works of the Lord. But then the psalm says, be still. Be still and know that I am God." Beholding the Lord, beholding the works of the Lord, it will help to lead to stillness. As I see what the Lord has done, as I meditate on his power, on his greatness and his might, I rely less on my own strength. And I can be still. This expression, be still, it may be spoken to the nations. As in silent, stop. I am God and that's true but I think that in a special way as those who belong to the Lord we can appreciate these words as we see the greatness of God as we enjoy him as our refuge and strength we can be still we can be still and know that he is God what does it mean to be still how can we be still Well, again, spend time in the Word. Spend time with the Lord in His Word. Read it. Meditate on it. That takes stillness. Memorize it so it lives within you. Remove external distractions. What a challenge that is in today's day. This thing. (laughs) Maybe you need to put this on a different place, a different part of the house, this phone. Turn off the news. That's something I've noticed in my practice. I've had to tell a few people. They spend all night watching the news and then they come in and wonder why they always feel on edge and anxious. But turn off the news. It it doesn't help with being still. Spend time with the Lord in prayer. Spend time with him in prayer. We read in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Be still. And finally, I would suggest another way to be still. Consider the role of singing. Consider song. How we miss that in the pandemic, the way the people of God gathered together to sing. We can sing on our own. You can sing in your house with your family. Second Chronicles, we read another great story of how the Lord worked a deliverance for his people. It was Jehoshaphat, king of Judah in those days. And again, a great horde was coming against him. And Jehoshaphat, we read, was afraid. He set his face to seek the Lord. And he said this, we do not know what to do. Have you ever been there? You don't know what to do. We do not know what to do, he said, but our eyes are on you. And there, as the people were gathered together, praying to the Lord, the Spirit of God came on a prophet. And the prophet said this, thus says the Lord to you, don't be afraid. Do not be dismayed. At this great horde, For the battle is not yours. But God's. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. Be still. Stand firm. Hold your position. And see the salvation of the Lord. And their response is incredible. Jehoshaphat and the people. As this army is marching towards them. They worship the Lord. And they praised him. With a very loud voice. The next day. They went out to meet this army, again, far outnumbered. And you know what Jehoshaphat did? It's not something that anyone in military intelligence would advise you to do today. He appointed singers. He appointed singers to go before the army. And they sang, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Can you picture that? This army, small army, going against a great army. That part of people must have thought, these people are crazy. The singers going before them, praising the Lord. When they began to sing and praise, the scripture said, the Lord set an ambush. They didn't even have to fight. They looked and their enemies were defeated. Come behold the works of the Lord. Be still, be still, and know that I am God. So consider the role of singing in the struggle, in daily difficulties, because it helps to be still and know that I am God. And so here in this psalm, we have the promise of God's protection. He is our refuge and our strength in a very present help. We have the promise of his presence. God is in the midst of her. The Lord of hosts Is with us. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Therefore, therefore, let us behold the works of the Lord. Let us be still and know that He is God. And I close with the words of a hymn writer, Katharina von Schlegel. She said this Be still, my soul. The waves and winds still know his voice who ruled them while he dwelt below. Hey, thank you so much for listening. What a privilege it was to share God's word with you today. We pray that you were fed, strengthened, and more equipped to run the race with perseverance. To listen to more podcasts like this, make sure to subscribe. For more content from Langstaff and to connect with us, go to LangstaffAssembly.com. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time.